You are tuned in to a new episode of Trapped in a Bubble. I'm your host, Dr. Tim Apollicky. Today's episode entitled The Life and Times of COVID-19. So this episode is basically... It's not gonna be anything that I actually set up for the show, read or research or study for the show before I laid it down. So uh, I'm just today is just basically a, a open dialogue of some thoughts that I would like to express to my trap and bubble listeners and family. And maybe sometime in the future, will my children, which is now the ages of my oldest daughter, Tamara, 16, and my son, Tim, 13, and my daughter, youngest, Tamara, 8, maybe this will serve as a template or a precursor, or maybe this is just a audio documentation of who their father is at this given moment. Because if they was to listen to this six months from now or a year from now, five, 10, 15, or maybe, God willing, 20 years from now, I will not be the same person as I am today as recording this. This is going to be the last episode of Trapped in the Bubble of Season 4. Season 5 will be coming very soon. Generally, when I start a season, I try to start it between December or January, and I try to end that season in May. But since uh, life happens, as you all know, and uh, COVID hit, I had to do some reshifting, some retooling, kind of reinventing myself a little bit. So I do apologize if it seemed that season four was kind of, it ran kind of long. And some degrees it did. And some degrees it didn't. It was just, hey, I kind of fell off. And I was trying to do a life and trying to come back to the show. So what I'm going to start with was um, New Year's Eve 2019 
and going into January of this year, which is 2020. For for a long time, I have been kind of running away from God. For for you all who, uh, I'm not gonna say it in church, but spiritual or believe in a higher uh, power or deity. Um, after my mother had passed and. 2012, it shook my very core, my very uh, foundation um, as a person, and I was not for sure if I was going to make it. Um, I took time off from work, and I took a leave of absence, and by the way that I lost my mother, it was such a traumatic experience. Um, and I talked to her throughout that day that she passed. Uh, that thinking back on it, that day was just. I felt that something was wrong, but I couldn't I couldn't put my finger on it. And I talked to her that morning. And then I saw her later that day. And she seemed different. And uh but everything was okay. Everything was fine. Um I was working overtime. We worked at the same place. Worked at a hospital. Um, And the last time that I saw my mother alive, she had that that faraway look. You know, kind of like glassed, kind of glossy over. Uh, It's like they're here in this world, but they're not. It's like they're here. And they're preparing their heart and they're preparing their mind to go into the next world, the next dimension, the next stage, the next evolution to where they're going. And I'm not going to sit here and lie to you, family, and say that I remember everything, but... um, That's something that you'll never forget. And when I see people with that look, I'm like, oh, God, here we go again. And um, she bought me some food. I was working overtime. And she told me bye. She hugged me. She kissed me. Looking back on it now, I believe she knew that she was going to pass, but she didn't want to tell me. She goes home, and uh, I get so wrapped up in work, and I looked up. It's like hours went by, and I was like, hey, it was not like my mother not to call. And uh, 
I called her on the phone, on her house phone. She didn't pick it up. I called her on her cell phone. She she didn't pick up. And um, and I didn't get an answer. And I called the police. I called different family members to go go check on her since I was at work. And uh, one family member called me back and said, hey, I was asking, how's my mother? How's my mother? And they was like, you need to get to the house. And it was just something in my heart. It just wasn't right. It just wasn't right. So I leave work. And I'm trying to pray. I can't I can't pray. I was trying to pray for my mother. I just couldn't pray. Felt like uh something was just just blocking my prayers. Or every time I try to pray for my mother, it was it was like a block. And then when I got up to her house and I saw the police lights and I saw the constant tape, I already knew before I pulled up and seen the police. And I seen her on the ground. Now, I've told this story to different people, but I'm telling you guys as being, being family more so of than the depthness of it. Um, when you lose a loved one, this is just coming from me, and then also going to counseling. You 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 never get over the passing. Or a loss of someone that you truly love. It's just you find different tools in your toolbox to help you go on with your life. Certain a lot of cultures deal with death differently. Um, some people, if they didn't have a good relationship with their mother or their parents or loved ones, is just really or their background or how they grew growing up it was it, they can easily dismiss it or just play it like it never existed at all and i'm going somewhere with this my mother's sister which is my aunt alice she she took on the role of my mother and she stepped up and she really didn't have to. I mean, I mean, obviously, I was uh, adult way when all this was going on. But she kind of went out her way to make sure that I was okay. And um, and she and she did it well. But my aunt Alice, um, she died back in May of this year. She was, um, she was sick. Um, and she just, she just, she passed. And uh, 
people who was around me um can tell you I was not in I was not I was not um I was not in, in a good mind frame at the time. And I just started a new job. But I couldn't take off to get my, my emotions together and how it felt. Because I just started the job. She actually was, you know, um, in her transition while I started this job that I have now. And, um... It seems like I'm kind of going back and forth. Uh, just bear with me. Um, I, I, I took my aunt's uh, passing more harder than I took my mother's. Uh, I don't mean no disrespect to my mother. I love my mother. But my Aunt Alice was more of a mother than my mother. I have to I have to say say that she did whatever she needed to do to make sure that I was okay. Even when she was not okay, she wanted to make sure she called me. She called me. There was times where I felt like she was just being irritated. Um there's times where uh, I went to the store for her. I got her food. I cooked her food or when got her something, and um, I didn't mind. I didn't mind that. But thinking back over our last conversations, the things that she says. Well, if anything happens to me, or um, I want you to be happy. I want you. To, to progress and excel in your life and someone who who took care of you ever since you was a baby, you know. Um, I'm going to try to finish this, y'all. And and the way that my aunt came in and took over everything, she she's a coward. I have... I have no respect for my aunt, my mom's middle sister, how she did things. She she's hard she's heartless. And I'm like with, with with family like her and people like that, you can't afford any enemies. And um I look at my, my aunt how she did things with my with my, with my aunt's estate in her things, it was just, it was wrong, and I pray that when it's my time, that, that my children will, will show me some respect, you know, um, um, Now my aunt, when when COVID hit in February, she was having respiratory, and she had a bad heart, and she had a lot of stuff going on. So I wouldn't allow her to go out. 
my father wouldn't allow her to go out. She pretty much just went out for her um, her doctor's appointments, you know, the last few months. And I never thought that that 2020 would 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 come the way it came. It 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 came in like a flood. It came in like a hostile takeover. I'm I'm glad that I was at church, uh, New Year's Eve of 19 going into 20, and I haven't done that for years. I can't tell you how long it's been since I ever been to a church on a watch watch service. Um, when my mom passed, I was in and out of church. I was I was mad at God. And I felt like, why did he take my mother the way that he took her? She worked all her life, you know, and she didn't get to enjoy any of it. And, you know, she didn't have too much time. She had a little time with my kids. Uh, my oldest, which is 16, she had the most time. My, ba- my baby that's eight had really no time, just just a year and a half. And as I started to heal over this last year and a half, two years of things and trying to get myself back on track, some might say, well, why did it take you so long? My thing is, hey, some people never heal from losing their loved ones. Some can't live without them. And I gave thanks to God at the time of my life of, hey, I'm finally getting it back together. I'm finally getting my life back together. From December 31st to January the 1st of 2020. Okay. I said, man, 2020 is going to be a good year. I have some things. I'm going to finish my book. You know, I was like, hey, me and my son's working on a comic book. Uh, We're going to try to do some action figures. So it's like, hey, things are looking up. February, COVID really hits everybody globally. And man, these sons of bitches who make 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 COVID. I hope you burn in hell. And I I know every I know family, you're not supposed to wish that, but so many people has died from this deadly, nasty disease, and we don't know how many more hundreds or thousands or possibly millions will die until they find a cure, if they find a cure at all. So it kind of it kind of makes me kind of wonder, you know. Uh, my job, I worked at J.C. Penney's. They let us go in February. I said, man. I said, oh my god. You know, I said, God, I worked here for two years. My first year was on the phone. My after my first year, uh, I got promoted up to a supervisor. You know, I was in the midst of losing my house. It was just a lot going. It was like a lot going on. Um, 
you know, about six, seven months prior to, you know, my no good cousin, I allowed him to stay in my house. You know, he pretty much bent me over and screwed me. Didn't pay, didn't pay, pay his rent that, that we agreed upon, which was his $400. Um, he moved in with a, with a, with a chick, you know, uh, things was breaking down in my house. So I had to use my my emergency funds to pay the money. So it was just it was just a point I couldn't catch up. I couldn't catch up. But if I'd have followed my first mind, my first mindset was not to let them in. And if I would have done that, I still would have my house. We'll do an episode on that one later. I promise. I promise. So February, I'm like, oh my god. So I can't believe losing a job. And I said, well, hey, I've been this way before. So God will provide. And basically, it's when you're in leadership, you really have to, when you're a true leader, you have to lead your troops, no matter how you feel. And you have to lead them because they come to you for strength. They come to you for guidance. And a quote I had, one of the last quotes I sent my team was this. I said, hey, whatever it is we have to go through, we'll face it together. And I told I told, told the ones, it's like, hey, we have three weeks. That's okay. Let, let's go strong. Let's leave strong. Let's leave with a strong legacy still coming to work our policies are still in in place they still are enforceable go all the way to the end so they can pay you right this is february of 2020 okay they told us we couldn't file unemployment until march and so COVID really started affecting everything in March of this year, which is 20. So the whole world stopped. I never seen anything like this in my life. Never seen anything like this in my life. Couldn't believe it. So I was like, well, hey, I have some money. I have some money. I'm not going to worry about it. And you know how it is when you start spending your money and you can't replace it, your money goes down. So I thank God that, you know, I had a mercy fund and I had some money in it. And so I was able to pay my bills off that money to about May. Okay. So I was able to pay my bills. I was able to make sure my kids had what they had. And all that stuff. Um, And I had a plan. Family, I had a plan. My plan was to collect unemployment. And do my DoorDash as a supplement. And go through the spring, the summer, the fall. And to get a get a job a little bit before the holidays. 
the reason for for this rationality that I had was because I was trying to just uh just kind of just digress and kind of have like a staycation type of thing um to see what direction I wanted to go um and to start some some businesses on the side and kind of work and to see with that downtime how far it could go or I could build it to where hey at least it's up and going I have the licenses I have the paperwork and everything's legit at least hey I could do it on the side um things didn't work out that way and um in the midst of all that sometimes I was able to call in unemployment and file my claims and it was it was a lot of weeks I was not able to it was like 4 to 5 weeks I was not able to call in I wasn't able to do my claim online or on the phone. So that's four to five weeks that I did not get paid. Now, some people say you can contest and all that. This is this. I said, yeah, I got what you're saying. Uh, make a long story short with that. Uh, God did bless me with a job. Uh, with a job, I wasn't too enthused about getting a job because it was something that I did for 18 years. And that was secure, security. And being at JCPenney's for two years, it helped me become an individual again. What I mean by that is for a person who was in a uniform for 18 years, it's certain mannerisms and demeanors that you just adapt to and it just it's just in your regular life. You know, when you're in uniforms, you're in boots and all armor, all that stuff, uh five, six days a week, when you're off, you're not really concern about how you're dressed you're like hey let me throw on a t-shirt shorts or sweatpants or whatever uh jc pennies forced me to kind to reinvent myself and so for the past two years i did a lot of maturing a lot of changing they pushed me they encouraged me into the person that i am today now some things i still need to work on yes most definitely uh, Tim is most definitely a work in progress, okay? Uh, I will never tell anyone that I'm perfect because I'm not. I try to help people. I have a giving heart. God knows. And I really try to help people. I, I speak my mind. Uh, I'm noticing as I'm getting older, I'm becoming more of a no-filter type of guy. I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's bad. Okay, but I notice I, I I yell and I and I holler less, but I'm more vocal. So maybe those thoughts, those feelings that I I have or used to have, maybe is just becoming more vocal. I'm just expressing it now. In the midst of all this, um, my aunt was kind of forgetting some things, and she was uh, getting a little sick. So I was able to take care of her. Um, my dad was able to take care of her. My cousin D was able to take care of her. But the sister who came and did a hostile takeover, 
She did not. She came around for, for the end. And I believe she is waiting for her to die. Just how things have went. No one can convince me. Otherwise, you give me a million dollars, I'm still going to say the same thing. She's waiting on her to die. And so, so, so I thank God that God did, you know, take me off work for those three months to spend with my aunt. Uh, we did a lot of talking, a lot of talking. And I'm trying to hash out some of the things that she needs me to do for her now. Even though my aunt is not on this side. And uh, I gave my word. So I got to honor my word to my aunt and make sure some things happen that she wanted me to do. And um, and I just went back to work in May. And it's like with this pandemic, it's like, man... For all the men and the women that's on the front lines, I pray that God keeps you. I, I, I pray that God protects you. Um, this COVID nineteen stuff is no joke. This is a this is a war. This is a global war. And no one can't tell me that this is not a biological war. No one can tell me that that it isn't. It is. You can call me a conspiracy theorist. So what? I don't care. But for a virus that lives, I mean, okay, service is cool, whatever. But it's so easy to be transmitted from human to human. If anything, I would call that a global genocide. You know what I'm saying? So so now we're at month seven, which is July. So already, this is going to almost more than half of the year that's over. So now we have August, September, October, November, December. So now we only have five more months. And then we go into 2021. So my thing is with that, what is on the horizon for 2021. I don't know. These babies are preparing to go back to school. But. I'm not going to send my kids through that. I'm not. They're going to stay. They're going to stay at home. I'm not going to put them more risk than what they already are. With this. Now I can't be around 24-7. I got that. But. I'm not going to expose them. And especially my baby. You know, I'm an eight-year-old. These kids don't know nothing about social distancing. And, you know, my thing is, why should they have to worry about that? So, it's just the world is completely different. And that this is why I said years ago in my teens and early 20s, why I didn't want to have any kids. Because I knew as time goes on and we get more technological advance, you have evil and wicked people. And I didn't want my kids to go through stuff like this. And so this is just basically, like I said to you guys earlier, as a, as a um, audio monologue or record 
for what's going on into today's world right now. And so for Trapping Above the listeners, I would say please be careful. Please be careful. Please be careful. Do not expose yourself more than what you have to. Don't be out here partying. Don't be out here trying to travel. Just do what you need to do. If you had to go to work, that's different. Go to work. If you had to check on an elder in the family or friend, do that. If that means you have to go to the store or something or you got to go to work, take care of your business, get back in. Because for someone who works at a hospital and see the COVID cases and, and you know, they're, they're rising, there's no vaccine. No vaccine. And so... We are living in uncertain times, and there's only a couple of things that can really happen. Either A, God will stop it, or B, at some point in the future, a vaccine will be created. But Do whatever it takes to protect you and your loved ones and your family. And I will I will end with this. When I was younger and I used to fly on, on airplanes, they used to say any event that you lose cabin pressure, put your mask on first. And the person beside you, you put their mask on first. Then the person beside you, you put their mask on. I didn't understand those pre-flight instructions. I thought it was kind of selfish that you would put your mask on first. Because I figured that if you had time or you wanted to put the mask on the other person, that basically... You're you're saying that, okay, you're deciding if they live or they die. This is someone from an eight, nine-year-old perspective. But then when I got adult and heard the same plea fight instructions as any event that you, that we lose cabin pressure, you put your mask on first. And then the person beside you, you put their mask on first. Same instruction, but two different times of counterpart for the same person, which is myself. And that is self-preservation. And that's one thing I had to really learn. If you're not okay, then your crew, your squad, or who's ever your circle is not going to be okay if you're not okay. Because you're the main one, the adult, the strong, the strong one, the one that keeps their head cool under fire. You are the one who has to make sure everybody's okay. You are the go-to person. So if you're the main person and you can't breathe, you can't fight. 
then the people that's next to you that's younger or unable or weaker will not survive. So I'm saying to you, my chapter in the bubble family listeners, put your mask on first. And then you put the mask on to the person that's sitting beside you. Or standing beside you. Shout out to the listeners. I love you guys. Thank you for the ones who listen, support the show. I love you guys. Thank you. You When I see the numbers, you encourage me to keep going, keep pressing, to keep fighting. We're in this together. We are not on an island by ourselves. And I like to say this often. If you don't believe in yourself, believe in God. And I still, I still lead with that. If you don't believe in yourself, believe in God. But also, I will say, be safe. None, no unnecessary risks. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. And Trash of the Bubble will return for season five. I love you guys. I talk to you soon, and I'm out of here.